Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. For I'm not finished with you yet. So stay sensitive in this part of that which I am doing. For many times we would rush from one part of the service to the other, not recognizing and realizing that it is the Spirit of God that desires to move, touch, refresh, bless, and lift the weight and the burden up off your shoulders. So even now, lift your hands and begin to worship. Even now, receive that refreshing which is flowing in your midst. Don't get your mind upon other things, but focus in upon the one who loves and cares about you the most. And the one who is imparting unto you the strength that you need, the joy to your heart, so that you can withstand that which has gone on and come against you. For truly the victory is yours, but you must have the strength not to become weary. And this day I'm bringing that strength to you in great measure. Hallelujah. We're teaching on the subject of faith. Last week we kind of began dealing a little bit with faith for finances. And I, I, uh, I want to today, now we're going to equate faith just to whatever needs you may have. And if, you, if it's financial, then, then, then go ahead and pull it in there. If it's healing, pull it in there, whatever you need. Just, just pull, that, pull that faith in there. Now, my biggest, I guess, fault, problem, whatever you want to call it, is I expect people to know what I know. And when I don't see people operating in what I think I know, I, I, you know, I kind of get frustrated. And, you know, God's always, always correcting me and, and, you know, giving me a spanking over that and saying, you know, you better wake up. Not everybody knows what you know. Not everybody, you know, uh, has what you have. And not everybody has experienced what you have experienced. Now, with that in mind, I have, I have gone back in Begin to meditate this because the Lord in a, in, a, in, a, in a season of prayer at the beginning of the week, the Lord began to show this to me and begin to say, you know, especially when you teach on finances, you've had, you've had 34 years of all this experience and you get up and you just kind of, you know, throw this ocean of water of the word on your church and then you expect all of them to get it in a week. And he said, that ain't going to happen. That just ain't going to happen. And so I said, okay, Lord, you know, I receive correction. I, I ask forgiveness of the church, whatever I need to do. I said, but what do I do then? Because if, 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 if people are going to prosper, if people are going to be healed, I know several of you here, uh, I know of diabetes and arthritis and other things that, that people are saying, bless God, I believe I receive my healing. Well, I tell you, I'm standing as strong or stronger than you are for it. Because I'm believing God with you, but I need to be able to communicate to you this, this, this simplicity of faith so that what you are believing God for, you will receive it. Now let me just say this. Fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. You fellowship with God. Now I, that includes several principles. The word that you read and study, it, it, it includes your prayer life. It includes coming to church and have the, having the word taught to you. Because really... The most simplistic reality of faith is this. Your faith comes and is developed by your fellowship with God. Now, if you study the word fellowship, because we, 
I think that we take the word fellowship and we just kind of throw it out there and we think, well, you know, we get together and fry fish or, or, or we, you know, a couple of guys go fishing, their fellowship. In reality, if you study the word fellowship in its relationship to the word of God and, and you break it down to its original meaning, the word fellowship means to pour into one cup. It means to pour into one cup. Let me give you a little illustration. I think that we have this image of Jesus at the Last Supper and of him taking that cup of the Messiah and just gulping it down. When that's not what he did, he took that cup and he started pouring it into the cups of the disciples. And they took of that cup and what did they do? They fellowshiped with him. They fellowshiped. Now, now it didn't look like it worked very well. <laughs> I mean, that night was kind of a pitiful night when just about everybody ran off and Peter denied him. But I'm telling you, at the end of the day, by the time Revelation was, was written, I'm telling you, they had fellowship. They had been with Jesus. They had fellowshiped with him. And even when the, the, the pressure of persecution was on them, even the most educated scholars in the religious arts of the world said this, what can we say? A notable miracle has been done, and we can tell these men have been with Jesus. So it's out of your fellowship that faith is developed. The principles are so simple. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Faith is released through our confession. We must act on the Word of God, and we must stand and rejoice while the answer comes. Amen. Amen. Now, faith is a unique, unique phenomenon in that you must understand that you are appropriating things that are unseen. And many people have problems with the unseen, not knowing that even in the natural, even in the natural, there are unseen things that are unexplainable. I mean, how do you explain the love between a husband and wife? It's not seen. But the results of it are seen. The, 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 love of a, the love of a father for his daughter, or a father for his son, or, or, or a, daughter for, a mother for their daughter, or, or a mother for their son. The, the, love itself is like faith, must be acted upon. But we must understand there are all kinds of unseen phenomenons. And the reality is, redemption has given for us the unseen phenomenon of a great supply being laid up for every one of us. And it's not... Faith is not the idea that you're going to get it. Faith is the reality that you have it. And your first drink of that, your first communion with that, your first, first fellowship, this is how good God is. Your first drink of that, your first communion with that, your first fellowship with that, what did it, what did it give you? What did you pull out of the unseen realm? Salvation, the greatest miracle. The greatest miracle. For by grace you are saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's not of works. At least any man should boast. It is the gift of God. You say, you mean it's as easy as when I got saved? It's that easy. Now, in the scriptures, let's look at a couple of scriptures real quick. I want you to see something here. So I don't get these mixed up. Just go to 2 Corinthians. Let's just start here. 2 Corinthians. I'm just going to read some scriptures real quick, then we'll come back and tie it together. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might be rich. Now let me read that in the Amplified. I like it in the Amplified. It says, For you are becoming progressively acquainted with and recognizing more strongly and clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his kindness, his gracious generosity, 
His undeserved favor, spiritual blessing, and that though he was so very rich, yet for your sakes, he became so very poor in order that by his poverty, you might become enriched and abundantly supplied. Now, from there, go if you will to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Now I want you to look there at verse 24. We'll just read this in the King James. I think the King James carries plenty of weight, so we'll just read it in the King James. It says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. Now notice here we go. By whose stripes ye were healed. Now notice the past tense in that, and also the past tense in the the, the former scripture we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Both of them were in past tense, related to us. It's already done. Amen? By His stripes you were healed. Everybody say, I was healed. Now, go if you will to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let me get over there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now notice this. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, or in Christ. Let me read that again. For he, that being God, hath made him, being Christ, to be sin for us, which is us, who knew no sin, Jesus knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Isn't that a a powerful truth? Now, go to Ephesians chapter 1. I know we're kind of doing a sword drill here, but you'll you'll get it here in a minute. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God, or actually in, in, in relationship or in reference to God, it would be blessed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice this. Who hath, there's that past tense reference again. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now let me show you that again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath, past tense, blessed. Everybody say blessed. That that word literally means empowered. Empowered us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, I wanted to take a New Testament scripture that dealt with finances. So that was 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I wanted to take a new, new text, a new testament, a new testament scripture that dealt with healing. 1 Peter 2.24. Amen. I wanted to take a New Testament scripture that related to the new birth, being born again. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21. Because when we got born again, we were made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, Jesus in his suffering, when he was up on the cross. He did not physically have cancer, leukemia, arthritis, 
diabetes. Because the origin of sickness and disease is not physical, it's spiritual. Now you say, now how can you say that, Pastor? Well, let's relate it to sin, because he took our sin as well as he took our sickness. Are you with me? I mean, this stuff is simple, real simple. So he didn't go out and rob a bank, commit adultery, do some hard drug. He didn't commit any sin. He knew no sin. So where was that sin accumulated? Where was it assumed? It was in his spirit. It was laid upon his spirit. That's why his suffering, even in the natural, Isaiah says that his visage was so marred upon the cross you couldn't even tell he was a man. Why? Because on the inside he was taking our sin, our sickness, and our poverty. And everything else wrong with us as the human family, he was bringing that into himself. He was the cup in which we were all poured into. goes back to the fellowship thing that I'm saying. Amen. He was the cup that we were all poured into. But the good news is, is that he took that which was poured into him and he annihilated and he destroyed it. And out of that we have Ephesians 1. Who hath, past tense, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Divine healing from God is a spiritual blessing. Amen. Divine prosperity is a spiritual blessing. The new birth is a spiritual blessing or empowerment. Are you with me? And in understanding that, and then tying that to the family tie. You say, now what do you mean the family tie? We're going to go and look at that in just a minute, Romans chapter 8. That'll be our last scripture. In tying it together into redemption, what God did was to was to retake his family. Be like a man who was robbed of his family in some foreign country or in this country. And then all of a sudden he recognized how to retake it so he went and got it back. That's exactly what God did for us in Christ. It took time for it to happen. And you say, why did it happen the way it happened? Right, listen, there are questions that you really don't need to ask. You just need to enjoy the benefit of, of what they've produced. You say, well, why did God need Abraham? Why did God need a nation? Why did God need David? Well, I'm not going to try to explain all that. All I know is we get the benefit of it today. Amen? And the benefit of it today can greatly affect your physical body, your finances, your mind, every part of your life. So you must understand that as you begin to adhere to, recognize, and listen, the Bible puts it like this. It makes it so simple. When you begin to hear, now that's where the problem begins because that's where the human element comes into play. Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Hearing is a communication term. Amen? And, and, and a lot of times there is an ability to listen. Now most of our listening strength was developed in, a, in education. Because it's amazing how you can study a particular subject. I watched Breland do it all of her life as a, as a student. You can study a particular subject and listen well enough to give back to the instructor that which is necessary to give a grade. Three years later, if you took that same test, you'd probably fail it. Amen? 
And we've related, we've related the things of God to that, but that's not really relevant because your faith is not based on what you listen to. It's based on what you hear. Now, let me take a little side trip for just a moment. And this, this might help some of us. The problem we have in the United States is religious brainwashing. And it affects everybody. And I don't have time to go into all the particulars of this, but if you want to study it out, it's a very interesting study. Most of the, most of the denominations, which are major denominations in our nation, get their theology from 400-year-old German teaching. Calvinism, different, different predestination, those different things. And they really have no relevance to the Word of God. So a lot of people have to be untaught before they can be taught. But the true simplicity of the Word of God has to do with not an ability just to be listening so that you can have some faith for a healing and then six months later when you need faith for healing again, you've got to go back and restudy the subject. It has to do with hearing something that becomes a part of your life forever. So that with the hearing of it, a process begins where it begins to grow in you. Now, the, I, I was praying this week. I said, well, Lord, that's, that sounds real good, but how do you communicate that to a church? He said, talk about marriage. Because marriage begins with communication. True marriage, I mean, a, a righteous marriage, you know, two people begin to talk to one another. Now, out of that, out of that, out of that communication will come fellowship. Out of that fellowship will come a relationship. And if two people have communication and fellowship and relationship, they have a foundation for a covenant. Are you with me? Now, I remember the first time Leah told me she loved me. We were sitting on a couch smooching. Remember that? In righteousness. We was, we, was, we was smooching. That's as far as it ever went while we, were, while we were dating. We kept righteousness in our relationship. And she's kissed me so hard. It knocked my socks off my feet. Remember that? That's a beautiful shade of red. And she looked up with those big blue eyes and flashed them at me and said, I love you. And I heard that. Now hold on, hold on. I mean, you know, it's, it's, we can all laugh. And enjoy, but now listen to it. Now listen to what I said. Listen to what I said. Some of, some of you other couples can relate to the same thing. I heard that. I didn't just listen to that. I heard that. That meant the communication of that. The communication of that I love you went beyond just an, inter, an inter, intellectual reception of information imparted to me. It went to my heart. For with the heart man believeth. And when she said it, you know what? I believed it. I believed it. Now you say, well that's, you know, physical contact, being young, being handsome and beautiful. But look what God has given us. He's given us something for our eyes. This beautiful. All of the 66 books of the Bible, which reveal unto us the living word, is beautiful. And when God says something like, by whose stripes you were healed, 
Now you ready for this? You got to spend a little time smooching that. <laughs> I told you I prayed to ask God how to help you guys, so. <laughs> Amen. You got to spend a little time smooching with that. So yeah, literally the psalm, the psalm says, heaven and earth have come together and kissed. You ever read that in the Psalms? That's what it's talking about is an intimate relationship that God has come down with the fallen human race and kissed the human race in the person of His Son, Jesus. I like to say it like this. Jesus was the kiss and the Holy Ghost is the hug. Amen? So when you begin to have a little bit of intimacy with by His stripes I'm healed, then it'll go past the point of the intellect and drop into your heart and the heart is where you what? Believe. And next thing you know, you, you, you stand up and the pain's still in your hip or, 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 or in your arm or, or, or whatever and you think, well, you know, I have symptoms in my body but bless God, I'm healed. That's faith. That's what faith will do. And so when you begin to embrace that, in every word that you look at in the Scripture or is taught you by the Word of God, and you begin to realize the value of this is built on the fellowship and relationship that God is trying to have with you. Amen? Now, take it. i got six minutes. Help me, Lord. Go to Romans 8. Romans chapter 8, just... Hang out there just for a second. Let's go back to me and Leah on the couch. <laughs> I kind of like that. Out of that, of course, we got married, went into ministry together, and enjoyed a wonderful life. This year we'll celebrate 32 years of marriage. Amen. And it's been really sweet. And every night before we go to bed, we study the Word before we go to bed, she tells me, love you, darling. I say, I love you, sweetheart. And we'll go and we'll fall off to sleep. Well, that's that Word that was interchanged between us all those years ago. That same Word. Now, that Word, I love you, sweetie, I love you, Leah, has grown. Bigger than it ever was on that couch. On that couch, there were the elements of infatuation. There were physical elements. There was expectancy of the future. But after 34 years, the weight of that word brings security. You see what I'm saying? And there's a security in that word. I mean, there are, there are times that, that I've had to be away from her. What's the longest? I think I was gone three weeks one time. That's, and that was before cell phones. Because I remember coming back into the, into, the, into the real world and finding a telephone and calling her. And I think it was like 6 in the morning and she was getting up and just to hear her voice, you know. But during those times, I had total faith in her. The devil was ever, never able to paint some picture in my mind of some guy taking off with her or doing this. Or that. I had total faith in the words, I love you and what they meant. Now that's just human faith. That's just human faith. 
Now, what makes that bond strong, boy, this is good marital teaching, isn't it? All the married couples ought to be saying amen. What makes that bond strong is when Lee and I stood in front of our pastor and he pronounced us man and wife, we became a family. And family fellowship is different than any other kind on this earth. That's why church is so important. Let me say that again. Family fellowship is stronger. The bonds of it are stronger. And not only that, that's why God included us in His family through the new birth. It's so that He can reinforce those family ties and draw us to His heart. All right, I'll say that. All this could go away for me. All the ministry, I, I never stand behind a pulpit again, could go away. My friends, my family, but don't take away my fellowship with God. If you take away my fellowship with my heavenly Father through Jesus Christ by the Holy Ghost, just take me to heaven now. Because I cannot live on the earth without it. You see what I'm saying? You say, why is it? Because it is the foundation of my existence now. It's not that I was just born to George and D. Martin. It's that I was born again by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for my, for my, for my origins uh, back when I was able to come physically upon this planet. But thank God now I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. And now I'm in a blood-washed family, a rich family, a healed family, a blessed family, and a family with destiny. Amen. Therefore, the benefits, our family benefits, must be conferred upon us. And the only way, the true depth and wealth... Now listen to me, this is really simple. The only way the true depth and wealth of a family can be conferred upon his children is for there to be a death of the patriarch. That's why the Bible said God was in Christ. God was in Christ. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Because if there could be the death of the patriarch, then I... <laughs> this is running around the church stuff. If there could be the death of one, then there could be an inheritance conferred. Let me try that again because some of you really need to hear this. If there could be the death of the patriarch, then there could be an inheritance, not just held in reserve, put in a trust, done something with. No, it can be distributed. Now, in order for there to be distribution of any inheritance, there are legal procedures and precedents. Are you with me? And the same thing true is true of God. We didn't make our laws up. None of our laws did we make up. All of our laws came from this book right here. Now, they, I know some have been altered and some have been tweaked and all that, but I'm telling you, the foundation, that's why we've got so many courthouses with the Ten Commandments in it. The law. The law. The law. Now we live under the law of the Spirit of life in Christ, which does what? Sets us free from the law of sin and death. And in this book right here are the terms of our inheritance. And there is a protocol and a procedure called faith. That by faith, every term, every cross, T, and dotted I of that inheritance is distributed to you as a child. Amen? 
You say, is that really real? That's real. That's how God designed it and that's how it is. It is your covenant right through inheritance to be healed. It is your covenant right through inheritance to prosper. It is your covenant right to be delivered and set free. It is your covenant right to have peace and joy. And it has been given to you by an inheritance that is sealed by the blood of your Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the one who died to provide the inheritance. And God was in him in his death, in him in his, in his burial, in him, in him in his resurrection, so that we can be in him in his inheritance. One quick, quick scripture and we'll close. Is this helping anybody? Does this make it a little more simple? Verse 16, Romans chapter 8. Did I turn to Romans 8? I think so. Now it says this, the Spirit Himself, I know King James says itself, I always scratch that out and put Himself, Holy Ghost in the, uh, it, it's a Him. The Spirit Himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now that's, that's a real King James old 16th century English term. And the best way to say it is like this, in your spirit, God has deposited the Holy Spirit. And in your inheritance, every time that you look into the documentation of your inheritance, your spirit is going to say unto your mind, so be it. I'm telling you, you can just get healed listening to this. No, let me say that again. I'm sorry. You can get healed hearing this. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? So on the inside of you, God has already deposited. Your spirit doesn't have any hard... There's nothing about your spirit uh, that has a hard time believing. Your spirit believes this whole book, Genesis to Revelation. It has everything in the, in the Word of God that rises up as truth and reality. Your spirit goes, Amen! So be it! I'm healed, so be it! I'm prosperous, so be it! I'm born again, so be it! Heaven's my home, so be it! I'm a child of God, so be it! But you've got to hear it. Now notice what it says. It bears witness. One translation says, it presses hard against our hearts, the reality of what God has done. Woo! The Spirit Himself beareth witness with our spirits that we are children of God. And if children then heirs, everybody say, I'm an heir. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Now, now here's some, if it so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be glorified together. Now see, I've heard the Scripture preached on so many times and they get to that bottom part and think that that's two different scriptures. It's not two different scriptures. It's the same scripture. Amen. So you say, well, there it is, Pastor. There's the bad news that we're going to have to suffer with him. That's not bad news. This is good news. It did not say suffer for him. Do you see that in your Bible? It's not suffer for him. It's suffer with him. Put that other scripture up. Let me show them that. Let them see that. I think it's 17. Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ, if it be so that we suffer, not for Him, with Him. What's the first thing you suffer? The first thing you suffer as a born-again Christian is the relinquishing of your will. Some people suffered with that their whole life and really never got anywhere because they spent their whole life in an argument with God over the will of God. But if you go study the book of Philippians chapter 2, you'll see what Jesus gave up. There's some people that, that come to this church that have given up some stuff just to be here. 
and there's some things that you give up. But, but, but when you give it up, it looks like a great sacrifice to give up. But if you really understand the provision of our inheritance down the road, you look back and you say, why didn't I give that up sooner? Amen? Why didn't I give that up sooner? So you, you relinquish, and it is sometimes a fight to relinquish because through education, through our geographical location, just being Americans, we're, we're a very independent people. Don't let our strength be our weakness. Amen? If we let our strength be our weakness, we'll live in defeat all the time. So our strength ought to be submission to the will of God. Did you know it's the will of God for you to be healed? Did you know it's the will of God for you to prosper? It's the will of God for you to know that there is a calling and destiny for your life. There is a will of God that is so far beyond your imagination to develop something for yourself that it, it's, it's mind-blowing. I could have never thought this up for myself. And the further I go into it, the more surprised I am. It's like every time you take a turn, it's like a surprise. Amen. So you've got to suffer the relinquishing of your will. Secondly, you suffer learning obedience. The Bible says of Jesus himself, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Could you imagine how his heart must have broke? When the religious, those who should have known who he was, should have had light upon the scriptures of the, of the Pentateuch and the law and said, man, that's Messiah. And they said, who are you? Could you imagine what that must have done to his heart? Recognizing that these are my, these are my, I was, I was, the, I was the captain of the host of the Lord there at Joshua, when Joshua was at Jericho. That was me with my sword drawn. I was the one who, who, who got in blood covenant with Abraham. I mean, he was, the, he, was, he was the one. He was the word in Genesis 3.15 when it said the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent. That was Jesus. And they didn't recognize him. They didn't see him. Thank God. You say, why? That's why we're here. Thank God Christianity just, just didn't become a sect of Judaism. God died. Jesus died for who? The world. For God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. Amen. So we have to learn many times obedience through the things we suffer. That's why you go through some of the things that you go through. Man, you go through things. I've gone through things in ministry and life and thought, why am I going through this? And the, Lord's and the Lord would say, you're learning how to obey me. You're learning how to obey me. You're learning how to walk in love. You're learning how to obey me. And so many times when people interact in a group of people, there's all types of protocol for it. But when you come to a spiritual gathering and people are spiritual, then there's one that makes decisions above all else, and that's the Holy Ghost. So there are times when the Holy Ghost says, now you can do this, and you can say this, and you can adjust this, and you can mess with this or do that. And there are other times the Holy Ghost says, leave it, leave it alone, let me do it. And those are tough times. Ever been there? So you learn obedience through the things that you suffer. Thirdly, there's persecution. Now, I know, we look, for 16 years we run around, we shout, we praise God. We have our conferences, we have in speakers and everybody has a great time and that's all well and good. But I'm going to tell you something, church. If you have not found this out yet, you will find this out eventually. There is a reproach for serving God like you serve God here at Island Church. Let me say that again. You say, what do you mean by that? There is a reproach. There is a reproach 
for being baptized in the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues. There is a reproach for believing in healing. I watched my mom and dad for years bear the reproach of what that meant in our families, in his business, and in other places in the community of how they were treated because it was known that they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues. Getting quiet in here. You suffer that reproach when you really bear the name of Jesus because this world is not for you. I said this world is not for you. They'll, 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 they'll handle a little, a little religion. That's, that's okay. You know, a little religion's fine. That's well and good. But you, you mean you, I mean, I, I've been around families especially. We don't experience it much here. But I'm telling you, over in Ireland and different places, when you get born again, your family disowns you. I had a friend, I forget his name, it's been so many years. He's a big fella, big old Irishman. He pastored a church outside of Dublin. I went there three times. He was a heroin addict, lived at, uh, on Piccadilly Circle in London, because that's where all the heroin addicts of Ireland and, and, and England lived. And, 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 and God saved him. He got saved by, by a Teen Challenge outreach. He got saved. He got instantaneously delivered of 15 years of heroin addiction without one day of withdrawal. Well, God, that set him on fire. So he went, he went home to Dublin and started a church with two people. And after 20 years, he had maybe eight. And you never saw a guy so full of joy. You never saw. He thought, you'd have thought he had 8,000. So when I'd go there and preach, it'd pull people out of Dublin. You know, people that heard me preach in Dublin in the larger churches would come out here. So we'd have, you know, 35, maybe. I remember one time we had like 50. And so he had, you know, he'd always do tea and, and they call cookies, they call them biscuits. We're going to have tea and biscuits. So, okay, you know, and so we're sitting around. And I said, Danny, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing great. I said, how about, is any of your family, is, is, is your mom or dad here? He says, no. He said, the last conversation with my mom I went like this. She said, oh, Danny, I wish you'd have stayed on the heroin and remained a good Catholic boy. But now that you've fallen in among them tongue talkers, I'm afraid we have nothing to do with you. And he said, that's the last time I've heard from my mother. But he bore the reproach. But he bore the reproach. Today, Danny's in heaven. You say, well, what point are you trying to make? There's suffering that takes... If I'm telling you, if you're not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you talk to your neighbor who is unsaved just like you would talk to me, I'm telling you, if you're bold with the word of God, there will be a reproach and you'll have to live with it. You'll have to suffer it. But the good news is Jesus bore it first. Amen. So the simplicity of faith is what? We have an inheritance. And it is our faith that makes the draw and the distribution of healing, of prosperity, of the plan of God for our life as a church, of whatever we're doing. That's why we walk in faith, we stand in faith, we believe by faith, heaven is our home by faith, we're born again by faith, we're filled with the Holy Ghost by faith, we operate in the gifts of the Spirit by faith, we receive down at the altar by faith, we worship God by faith, we praise God by faith, we give our offerings by faith, we have children's church tonight by faith, we have uh, uh, youth outreach in Dominican Republic by faith, I'm going to a conference in Colorado by faith, we do, we're doing all that we do it how? By faith. Why? Because without faith, it is impossible to please Him. And it's not some generic of how do you believe some dark German doctrine from yesterday. But how do you respond to this one who loved you so much that He took the cup of suffering, the cup of redemption, 
the cup of iniquity, sin, unrighteousness, and he poured it all into one cup, and out of that cup he poured the new birth, which is who you and I are today, new creatures in Christ Jesus. Amen? Is that better? <laughs> Lift your hands and worship the Lord. Father, we worship you this morning. We thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you that everyone here today has an ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Thank you for the tenderness of your Spirit moving among hearts even now so that those that need to respond to this by faith will do it today in Jesus' name. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I'm not living right, I'm not doing right. I need to get my life right with God. Maybe you've been saved, born again. But that's what happens. That fellowship gets broken. The relationship doesn't get broken. It's the fellowship with God that gets broken. But the good news is it can be instantaneously restored. As the father ran toward the prodigal, so the father runs toward you today in love, in compassion, and in mercy. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, that's me. Maybe you've never been born again. Maybe you've never gotten out of the human family and gotten into God's family. It's so simple. All you have to do is to believe in your heart and make a public confession with your mouth. And you step out of the human family into God's family. You step out of death into life. You step out of darkness into light. So if you're here today, you say, Pastor, that's me. I need to be right with God. Please pray with me. Would you lift your hand so I can see it? Anyone at all? Anyone at all? We see one hand. Anyone else? Lift your hand high so I can see it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. That's good. Let's all stand and pray this prayer together then. Pray it out loud. And let's just reaffirm in all of our hearts the reality of our salvation. For lack of a better explanation, let's take a little time and smooch. Not with Leah. That's my smooch. Amen. But with God, with the Holy Ghost, with the Word. Heavenly Father, I'm here today to reaffirm, reconsecrate that which is in my heart. I'm so thankful that you, Heavenly Father, sent your Son Jesus, born of a virgin, as the Scripture said, lived a sinless life, as the Scripture said, died on the cross, according to the Word of God, rose from the dead, and afforded me salvation by faith. Today, I reaffirm, reestablish my fellowship with the Word, with the Spirit, with the church, with things of God that are righteous and holy. Areas of my life that hold me back and keep me from that fellowship. Thank you, Father. Today, that's put away. Once and for good, I yield my will to you, Father. I suffer the loss of it. And I thank you, Lord, that your will will be established in my life. Here at Island Church, today, I'm refreshed by the reality that I am a child of God. Heaven is my home. Jesus is my Lord. I am the healed of God. I am the blessed of God. I am the delivered of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In His name, I rejoice. And everyone says, Amen, Amen, Amen. amen. Father, we bless Your name this morning. We thank You so much for what You're doing in us, through us, and among us. As we leave today,
as is our custom, we always appropriate that part of our inheritance that pertains to safety and protection. We know because of the graduation season, many are out this morning. So we just cover and surround with faith and love all of the people that call Island Church their home church. Thanking you, Heavenly Father, no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. That we as your children walk upon serpents and scorpions over all power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. Thank you, Lord, in our travels, on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, or any other way of travel or transportation, we are protected. Thank you, Father, in the righteous labor of our hands, whether it be out in the ocean, whether it be in the medical field, education, petrochemical, contractors, those that work as clerks and salespeople, whatever our, whatever our resource is that we handle, that you've given us. Thank you, Father. We are protected and kept safe in Jesus' name. Thank you for the door of utterance which you give us. Let every person's heart be aflame with the fire of evangelism as we go forth from this place. Let us have the words of life in our mouth as we, Lord, become answers to people's prayer, problem to the adversary, and a miracle in people's lives. Lord, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We value it and we protect it. Thank you, Father, that we are the ambassadors of Christ, representatives of the kingdom of heaven, bearing your name unashamedly all over this area. Lord, as we leave today, we declare here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. We'll see you. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.